With spring practice beginning March 6th, there are several players to keep an eye out on for the, on FSU's roster. All that more on today's edition of Locked On Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today is simply a solo day for us. And basically, it's Dave, you know, is not feeling that great, so you stick with me for the rest of the day. But we always want to thank each and every single one of you for making us your first listen each and every single day. As always, today's episode is brought to you by our title sponsor, our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. By visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. But enough of that. As I said at the top of the hour, the spring has sprung. March 6th is the first day of official spring practice for the F Florida State Seminoles. And there are several key players I think to watch out for basically coming into the season. Whether they're, you know, younger kids like a sophomore or they're a rising junior, they've been on the roster for three years, or they're simply talented freshmen that we all should be looking out for. Me personally, I think last season was the emergence of an Azaria Thomas was a player that we were very high on. Patrick Payton was another player that we saw heading into year two. And then we saw the jump that he had throughout the rest of the actual regular season. So I think it's important to look at the roster overall in its totality and see what players that we think actually probably could make that big jump. And let's start over primarily with the offense. Offensively, we already know we have a quarterback with Jordan Travis coming back for what should be another Heisman you know, contender kind of season if he stays fully healthy, which, quite frankly, last season was his first season healthy, so I definitely do think he can repeat that again. Running backs, I think that we know what we have with the Trey Benson, also Lawrence Toffoli. I know Kaziah Holmes is going to be a very popular pick to pick in here, but we've discussed him a lot, and you already know how Dave and myself feel about the kid. We think he's a certified G, a bona fide stud, and quite frankly, he has talent that you really can't teach uh, to a lot of kids out there. So to me, I think you need to look strongly along the offensive line for a lot of players to see who you think could take the next step forward. And for me, I think a big name player for the overall actually probably will be the offensive lineman, Mr. Bryson Estes. For those who don't know, I think Bryson Estes was a class of 2021 kid. He was from the Eagles, Eagles Landing Christian, Eagles Landing Christian out of McDonough, Georgia. Three-star prospect, 570. But we've seen him develop over time under the tutelage of Alex Atkins. And you've also noticed on a depth chart for last season, for the for the majority of last season, he was right there in this close to actually starting and playing for the Florida State Seminoles start of the season due to injury. And he's someone that's been cross-training at the center spot, at the guard spot. Now, I'm not saying that he's someone that I penciled in as a true and bona fide starter as of yet, but I do think that he is this close to potentially being, oh, if the first person does go down, unfortunately, during the season, if that does happen to the offensive line, He's someone that you have right there in the wings, already fully ready, already fully healthy. And quite frankly, Bryson Estes, or as Honeybum Bryson, as we've called him here at Nauseam, he is a very good player. He has great feet. He has great hands. He played right tackle and center as a junior in high school. So he has that sort of six-man swing lineman kind of feel to him that you would want to see out of an offensive lineman. Super athletic, and he's someone that I think through practice reports over the years and also you hear about through spring practice, that's someone that you want to truly, truly keep an eye on. 
And another offensive lineman that I kind of want to see, basically, someone that should be making their mark is Bless Harris. Bless Harris, if you don't remember, is the offensive tackle that transferred in from Lamar before last season. But then, unfortunately, I want to say he tore his pectoral muscle, I think, in the first game against Duquesne. And he's someone that's going to be battling for another tackle spot, too, as well. We already have Robert Scott in the left tackle spot. And then we have Jeremiah Byers, the transfer from UTEP. So where does Bless Harris fit into the equation? Is he going to slide into one of the guard spots? Is he going to be one of the starters at the bookends? Is he going to spell Robert Scott? Is he going to spell Jeremiah Byers? So to me, I think it's going to be really important to see how a player of his caliber, who was very unheralded coming out of high school, he was seen as a death piece heading into last season, but then you saw him play himself into the starting role, and unfortunately, that was cut short due to the season-long injury. And for Bless Harris, I definitely think that he has the talent and the skill set. And as always, Alex Atkins, he basically, to me, Alex Atkins is probably the big, the, the big factor in all this because he is a, such a strong coach. He's a, such a strong developer of talent that I definitely do have the faith in him that he's going to be able to bring Bless Harris back to full form. So I do want to see what he's able to do uh, overall at the end of the year. And then for offensive line, I think that's it for that. But tight end, I do think it's something that we need to keep an eye out for. I do want to see... The progression of players like a Brian Courtney, like a Jackson West. Brian Courtney, the very talented kid out of Virginia, out of, I want to say, not Virginia Beach, but I do think he's from the DMV area. That he's someone that I thought was going to be playing the linebacker spot when he came out of high school. But then you see him him on special teams. You see him also, the athleticism he presents. And you do want to see how he is with, in the tight end room. Even though he's going to be behind players like a Kyle Morlock and also like Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, those two transfers. I do want to see the next step actually in his development overall because that's a kid that, quite frankly, has all the talent in the world. And I really would love to see more of that kid actually play or actually be part of the plans for the team, even though he will be behind a Jaheim Bell, a Kyle Morlock, and also behind a Marcus and Douglas, who's someone that we didn't have the biggest expectations for heading into last season, but he still stumped it out and showed out him, folks. If you want to stunt out and show out overall, you want to head on over to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook because right now is the midpoint of the NBA season. It is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can buy every, bet on, you can then you can bet on everything from the money line and point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to have bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go on FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more because making every moment matter more with FanDuel. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel and a fish sports betting partner of the NBA. And we're back. We're rocking and rolling here. We want to thank each and every single one of you for making us your first listen each and every single day. And also for all the love and support you've given us, we are now around 2,050 subscribers and something that when Dave, myself, and Max are Knowles Anonymous, we never thought we would see a day like this coming. Quite frankly, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to hear. But let's keep on rolling going through this roster. We talked about the offense, how the offensive line has several players that we think want to be able to keep our eyes on, see how kind of how they improve overall. Now let's shift over to the defense. And now defensively, it's a little trickier because we have a lot of returning players that we know for sure are going to be solid starters. And we know even the dead pieces behind them, we know a player with Jared Verse, you have right behind him and then Dennis Briggs. You also have Darren McClendon on the other side as well. You have Fabian Lovett coming back. 
And then you also have a Joshua Farmer who's still there. Also, Patrick Payne along the defensive line. So it is really tough to think about that. But for me, I think one key player that I really, really want to keep my eye on overall is the kid by the name Bryson Boogeyman, Byron Boogeyman Turner. Byron Turner, if you don't, you don't remember, he was another three-star prospect out of the Louisiana area, class 2021 kid. And he's someone that you saw the frame was there, six foot four coming out of high school, 224 pounds. I mean, sorry, 244 pounds. I don't want to sell the kid short. Sorry. And that to me is a kid that has all the talent in the world. I know I said that, I've said that ad nauseum, but that's kind of what you want. It's what you say a lot with these younger kids. And to me, someone that has been developed overall over time with Odell Haggis, John Puchas, who have developed, you know, great, great players over the past few seasons, see Jared Verse, and you'll see Jermaine Johnson before him. And that's someone that if he stays fully healthy for a full spring, which he hasn't been able to since he's got here, I do think he has the capability to basically be a building block for his defensive line when a player like Fabian Lovett is gone, when a player like Braden Fist transferred from West Michigan, when he's gone. So to me, I want to see Byron Turner basically be able to stay fully healthy on the field for spring practice, be able to actually get those game reps, get himself better. And that's something that basically I think we all as a whole need to keep an eye on because also, for those who remember, Jared Jackson, he has transferred out. And the, the depth along the defensive line, it's 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 there. However, we need to see how the players like a Byron Turner, like a Daniel Lyons, like a Bishop Thomas, those three players in particular, how they're able to basically take the spring practice for themselves and be able to be, hey, push for the two deep, push a Joshua Farmer, push those players. It's gonna be hard to because I see Joshua Farmer being a starter probably for next year uh, when he's for next year. But to me, these are the players that you want to see. You want to see them pushing because your team is only as good as your second and third teamers. And now looking at linebacker. Overall, I do want to see how Omar Graham basically is, has come in year two. Omar Graham was the sole linebacker prospect that you took in the 2022 class from Randy Shannon. I want to say he is from the South Florida area. I want to say, in particular, I think he's, he, went to, he went to Stranahan. I think he was a former teammate of a Mr. Hakeem Williams. But overall, with, 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 but overall with Omar Graham, yeah, he actually is from Stranahan. Go me. But overall, I do want, when he came into the class in 2022, a lot of people were upset that I think he was the lone linebacking prospect that we took, um, not because of the, talent, of, of the talent, because he's a very talented kid, but because he was solely the low, the sole linebacker prospect that we took in the class. And to me, I do think that him being in his second year, being able to spell Caden Deloach, being able to spell Tatum Bethune, being able to spell DJ Lundy, he's someone that we he, he didn't need to learn. He didn't need to develop, get his size, acclimate to the Power 5 level. And he's someone that the talent is there. He's constantly around the ball, constantly in coverage. He's also like great at rushing off the edge. If you've seen over a lot of his highlights, actually from Stranahan. So to me, this is a kid to keep a huge, huge eye out for because I wouldn't be surprised if you see him pushing, pushing Lundy. I guess for some of the more though rotational spots or taking some more of the snaps heading into this season. As also, we really are excited to see Mr. Blake Nicholson. He is someone that he's a freshman from the, the recent 2023 class. And I mean, the kid looks like Tim Briggins. And to me, if you're a Friday Night Lights fan, you know what I'm talking about. Great. Uh, he looks, he's extremely athletic. I think he also played tight end for his high school out of Manteca, California. So those two linebackers for me are, are two individuals to personally keep an eye out. And then for a defensive back, I know Dave's not here, but I would love to see how Travis J acclimates to a new, uh, new uh, position coach. He has been through, I want to say, Harlan Barnett as a defensive backs coach. Then you've had Marcus Woodson, defensive backs coach. And now you're having Patrick Tertain. 
Marcus Woodson, when he came in here, was lauded for his recruiting acumen, also for his for his recruiting acumen, and also he was developer of talent over at Auburn. But then you see, basically, over the past two seasons, the development of our defensive backs has either stagnated or it's, I don't want to say decline is the proper word, but it's basically you've not been able to get the full talent out of these kids. And now I think we'll pass certain who, I've said before, was instrumental in the development of Cater Kohu, the defensive back for the Miami Dolphins, when a Byron, when a by when a, a Xavier Howard was struggling, when a Byron Jones was hurt. So to be someone that basically I trust with development of a lot of the defensive backs. So I think Travis J will take a lot to him. And I'm also excited to see how basically how development helps for a Kevin Knowles and a Marion Cooper, two players that were basically the bells of the ball when it comes to the defensive back room who did take a step back last year. And admittedly, both of them, you could tell, were fighting and playing through injury. And especially playing through injury at a position like defensive back makes it extremely, extremely difficult to do your job. So I do want to see whether if they stay fully healthy through the spring, how will Patrick Sertain, how they're able to take from him his teachings, his knowledge, his learning, and they're actually able to grow as defensive backs at a great state, at a great school like Florida State, a.k.a. the real debut now, before we actually head out of here, folks, we're talking about one more little thing in the next segment. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the end of our show. Typically, just want to hand it off to Dave to give us a nice little random tidbit, little random topic to discuss. But since he's not here, I'm going to give us a random topic to discuss. And quite frankly, I think it's something that we don't talk about enough on this show. And that is the state of recruiting with FSU. Now, I know a lot of people are asking the question whether or not FSU for Tribe 24, if they can actually pull off a top 10 class and i i'm here to personally tell you that i think that is very attainable kind of goal actually for this team because quite frankly you hear about top 100 kids like a a chance robinson setting official visit date with florida state you see a josiah brown basically also doing the same thing it is now it is now the kind of fsu is now the destination for a lot of these kids they basically be taking their visits and quite frankly that's coming off the heels of what has been our the best season this, this school has had since 20, 2016 and that's something that I know a lot of us give Mike Norvell and staff black for kind of the lack of high school recruiting. And that's where you see kind of the what's the what's the word we're looking for? The commitment, the impetus, and also kind of like the 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 really, really, I guess, narrowed in kind of focus when it comes to taking kids in from the transfer portal, which quite frankly to me, I know a lot of people thought that it was not sustainable to solely, you know, live by the portal, die by the portal, but so long as your development in an evals are extremely high then I have no problem with basically what Mike Norvell and company is doing. And that's also why, even though right now the recruiting you know, for high school isn't that great, I fully trust the staff to basically be able to understand what they're looking for, be able to trust their evals, and make they make the choices and pick the kids that they want to pick to basically come to the school. As you can tell right now, they're a little more picky with the kids they're bringing in because, quite frankly, you see, if you look at the composite right now for 247 Sports, FSU has an overall rank of number of fourth in the country. And that's solely because they're in on kids super duper early and they know developmentally wise, they see with their eyes, they understand how the kids can continue to grow and they see something in them that a lot of the other kids can't. I mean, a lot of other coaches can. And that also comes from all their backgrounds being from the group of five level, kind of, you know, getting, getting their bones. I mean, getting their bones, grind, not getting their bones, uh, getting their experience through all of that with Mike Norvell being from Arizona State, then going to Memphis for a few years. You see Alex Atkins over at two, at Charlotte for, for several seasons. And to me, you see right now with nine commits right now, you got Cameron Davis who committed super early in the class. He's now a, he's now a five-star kid. 
top 30 prospect. Jordan Pride, I think I want to say he think he was the either the first or second kid that committed. He's a top 100 kid. You see Luke, Luke Romanhawk, who is a, a lot of people believe has the potential to be a five-star quarterback in this cycle. And he's someone that is 317 in the country, even though I think 247 has him you know, substantially higher. Four-star prospect. You have C.J. Hurd, Jamori Flagg. These are all kids you see that have the talent and have the tools, and it's mainly because Mike Novell and company have been able to get on these kids early, and they've been able to get onto, onto them early because of their, their ability to see talent and to have an eye for it. Actually, be, be kind of like diamond in the roughing. However, it's not even the roughing because they actually are very good at their jobs. So I know a lot of people are, you know, what's the world looking for? They're upset or they find the recruiting to be lackluster in high school. And I mean, I think that's a completely, completely valid criticism, even though in my personal opinion, I do believe this after the class that we got in high school from this past season. I mean, Dave, I know would basically disagree with me. I think it's a very good class, but we do need to be recruiting at a higher level to compete with the Georgias, to compete with to compete with the Ohio State, to compete with the Alabamas. I'm not going to say Clemson because I don't because quite frankly, I think we're a better team than Clemson for this season. But you see kind of last year how all these players, diamond in the rough kind of examples, being that these are stronger, stronger players. Like in Azaria Thomas, while, he's, while he is a top 100 kid, he's someone that Florida basically, you know, let, you know, let decommit. And then now FSU swoops in, see the, sees the talent when he come, sees the talent. And now we see him as a potential kind of breakout player for 2023. You see Julian Amela, another great player with that. You see players like a Bishop Thomas. You'll see a player like a Rodney Hill, who's someone that, while he, while he isn't even a top 350 kid, he's someone you saw run the ball last year. You're like, oh, this kid has the ability to be special. And with recruiting-wise, I have full faith in the staff to improve on that because they kind of have to. And I think by saying they kind of have to, high school recruiting is like the one last thing that Norvell kind of has to put under his belt. And now he has the winning record to prove that with 10 wins this past season, the bowl win. And he has a great opportunity to do that actually in front of fans, in front of recruits next season in game one against LSU in Orlando. And folks, that's all of our time for today. I want to thank each and every single one of you for making us locked on Samuels and Crystals each and every single day. And with all that being said, please don't forget five-star reviews, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get your podcast from. And also, since we're on the YouTube, please like this video. Hit the subscribe button at the tippy-tippy-top soon and ding the little bell so you know when new content drops. Dave, feel better. Dave, I miss you. The fans miss you. And I will always, and always, as always, myself and Dave, we love each and every single one of you. For Drake, that was Locked On Seminoles. As always, take care, everybody.